You might as well just walk up to Cupid while he's on his lunch break, you know, cranking a beat or something, and yeah. right in the face, punch a little baby right in. <laughs> we'll see that. We're almost uh, three minutes into our sports podcast, and yet to bring up not one sport. All right, little bonus episode for you guys, the Hot Grits Podcast. I'm Travis Jadon. I'm joined over the phone from Houston, Texas by Nick Barnhill, one of the three Barnhill brothers who do the Barnhill Brothers show on YouTube. Um, You can find it by just searching the Barnhill Brothers. They talk UFC, MMA, boxing, and I got Nick on to talk Wilder Fury Part 3. Nick, thanks for joining me, man. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate coming on to the show. Uh, Love the name, Hot Grits Podcast. You know, we've Growing up in Savannah, Georgia, hot grits was always something everybody repped down there. So uh, I love that you guys put that on the, a little flair on the name and uh, and have a great podcast. So yeah, let's let's get into this fight, man. This is the the third installment of the Wilder Fury trilogy. It's kind of a highly anticipated heavyweight bout, and uh, I couldn't be more excited for it. You know, not so much uh, for the the ending of the trilogy, although it is nice to see a chapter close. In, uh, in boxing, and we can see these guys square off with some other great talent in the sport. But uh, it's just nice to get a, a rubber match out of the way. You know, we've got, we've, even though the first match technically was a draw, uh, a lot of people, because of the knockdowns that Wilder scored, kind of gave it to him. And, and you know, I, I can understand where the draw was fair. Uh, the second one, Fury turned it up on him. It was crazy, you know. So, uh, it wasn't near as competitive as the first match, and uh, I feel like Deontay Wilder's skills were a little bit limited going into that second match, and um, there was all kinds of uh, issues pre- and post-fight and excuses and uh, allegations around the second fight, which caused a whole bunch of tr- controversy, and uh, which led all of us fighting fans, boxing fans, sports fans in general, uh, begging for a third match so we could kind of get some clarity on this match and... Uh, uh, yeah, so here it is. It's among us. I'm excited. Well, Nick, that kind of, you know, you kind of segued perfectly into what I was going to ask you first, and that is how excited legitimately is the combat sports community for this heavyweight fight, or is it just that there's not a lot of other combat sports right now, like this exact weekend? I mean, is it just because it's the latest, greatest heavyweight well, championship fight, or is it just, or is it Fury Wilder that, that are making the fight? Well, I certainly think that Fury, uh, Tyson Fury has come on super hot in his resurgence uh, around his career. You know, if you look back at Tyson Fury's career, he was the world champion, uh, undefeated, 26 or 27 and 0, just on top of the world, and then gave up the, the entire sport of boxing. If you go back and, and just listen to his story, it's kind of an incredible, uh, you know, rise to the top, fall down as far as you can possibly fall. And now he's risen even further than he did uh, as a world champion that was undefeated at the young age of about 28 years old. So it's amazing to see just how high he's been able to climb. And uh, to be completely honest, you know, he comes, he comes out with this raw, uh, you know, sort of a very human personality that is infectious and people really gravitate towards it. He's somebody that, um, you know, he's dealt with the mental illness side of, uh, of being a, a successful person and, and just a human that deals with uh, a lot of demons. 
and he's he's battled addiction, he's battled obesity, all this stuff. And I I really do feel like he's a driving force for the uh, the hype and the buildup for this fight because you're seeing something that's almost it's almost better than anything you could Hollywood could ever dream of scripting. You know, you've got this guy uh, who's made it all the way as far as he did, and then he left the sport and was you know contemplating you know even taking his own life which i you know will steer into something more positive in just a second but it's it's a detail about this fight that i don't think should go uh unnoticed because it's really the selling point for me i think the the part two of tyson fury's career is something that is uh is like storybook worthy and and people are going to speak about it for decades and decades not to mention his boxing skills uh, he's among the greatest heavyweight boxers that's ever lived. And if he continues doing what he's doing, he might just go down as one of the goats uh, of the heavyweight division of all time. So I'm super excited for the match. And, you know, you did say that a couple of times a year you, you get really into a boxing match. And, oh, yeah. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm kind of the same way. You know, I, being a professional boxer and, and somebody who is very deep into the combat sports world, uh, it, it bums me out that boxing hasn't gotten it together uh, in the sense that like how mixed martial arts has, you know, mixed martial arts is doing something that uh, and growing as a sport, unlike any other sport that's ever, you know, come out, honestly. And uh, the progression of the sport and the ability to create stars that the UFC in particular has is, is just unmatched. And the way they do it is they don't, they, a few key differences that the uh, UFC and MMA has from boxing, uh, which I wish boxing would adapt, what is that they are so reliant and, and uh, you know, basically trying to cover and, and, you know, keep for all, you know, an entire career an undefeated record. And when you look at something like MMA, there's almost nobody. You know, we've got right. Khabib and Ragamedovs that were able to get by 29 and 0, but that guy's an anomaly, and you're not going to see that type of a career duplicated very often, if ever. But in boxing, you'll you'll see, you know, the, the, all the top 10 guys and all the top 10 and all the divisions are 25 and 0, 30 and 0. This guy's 50 and 0. You know, and you just start to wonder if the sport of boxing is as competitive as it should be, or if they're padding stats and they're letting these guys crush tomato cans to build one big fight between two fellows who are, you know, both 40 and Oh, and then one of them comes out victorious. And then the other one, you see him 10 years down the road, five years down the road, and he's overweight. He hasn't fought since then. And it's just a sad story. Uh, so I feel as though boxing has kind of buried itself and it's unable to create stars because they try to invest in one singular person like a Canelo, like a Floyd Mayweather. All right, we'll get you guys right back to the episode. First, let me tell you guys about John Carr Real Estate. John Carr is the number one real estate agent in Savannah, and he's been our segment sponsor for a while now. We support him. You guys should too. 912-228-0916. If you want to buy real estate in the Savannah area, if you want to sell it, or just learn more about the market, Johnny is your guy. He sold over $8 million worth of homes in the last calendar year, and he would love the opportunity to help our listeners buy their new house in the Savannah area today. Give him a call, 912-228-0916. Tell him the Hot Grits podcast sent you, and he will hook it up. 912-228-0916. John Carr Real Estate on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. 
you know, I, I don't necessarily know that boxing cares about, you know, whether it's growing or not. Like, it obviously should be. But there's so many different little things that seem so easily fixable um, right off the top of my head. The involvement, the heavy involvement of the promoters that has been, you know, inching towards where we're at now for 30, 40, 50 years, the promoters' involvement in the fights, that the judges are, are always a question and a problem in boxing. And then the last thing for me is now we're paying almost $90 a fight for maybe once a year. Like you're the the fight will be bought, but people aren't investing in individual boxers and following them their whole careers. They're only getting to see them in these major fights and they're only getting to see two guys, right? Like Fury and Wilder, but the heavyweight division is an entire division. Like there are heavyweights all over the world that are fighting right. and they're just not fighting for the title. I mean, I guess, you know, I should ask a question here, Nick, but yeah. you, you know, no, you, you're exactly right. And, and I'll, uh, to the, to your point, uh, you, that's what one thing that mixed martial arts does so well is, you know, when you buy a UFC pay-per-view, you are guaranteed about 15 fights from early prelims to the, to the main card, five, five on the main card, five on the prelims, five on the early prelims. And there is not a UFC main main card that's on pay-per-view that doesn't have a stacked main card that's all five fights. You probably know all ten fighters, and you're going to get just fireworks the entire night. Boxing can't say the same. You know, you'll have some of the biggest names in the sport of boxing today, like a Canelo Alvarez, and he'll have three fights on his undercard. And uh, me being a professional boxer and somebody that covers the sport of boxing – there's often times where I don't know who the co-main event is, either person. And that's just unacceptable, especially when you are charging the yeah. 70 dollars $80, $90. I feel like, you know, the, it's, it's like what they said about Mike Tyson. You know, people used to get frustrated when they were watching Mike Tyson because the, the cards that he would fight on were so top-heavy. And he was so quick with his knockouts that people were like, we're going to stop buying this. To be completely honest, we're paying $50, $60, $70, and the fight's over in one round, and we don't know anybody else is fighting on the card. So uh, it became a tricky thing, and that's uh, you know, that, that's par partially due to just how good Mike Tyson was at, at getting his opponents out early. But I, I do feel like you know, certain, certain fighters in, in the sport of boxing are trying to help build the sport of boxing and doing exactly what we're saying yeah. which is try to stack the cards try to get fighter pay a little bit more fair but they're but just the outmanned they're just outmanned yeah. yeah the promoters are always getting in the way and it, it seems as though once or twice a year they need to line their pockets they go ahead and do it make as much money as they can off the one or two cash cows that they have everybody else in boxing kind of gets screwed out of it the fans for sure get screwed because we don't get very many fights uh, you know, I'm a little biased to MMA because it's it's my it's my favorite sport. Sure. And I train I train every day, but uh, you know, every weekend we're getting fights, and every month we're getting a mega pay per view. So we're kind of spoiled in that regard. Whereas if you're just a boxing fan, you're not really into the MMA world. Man, you, I feel bad for you because once every quarter, if you're lucky, you're getting a big fight, well, and, and that's about it. That describes me, Nick. I, I love boxing, but I, I I can't. You know, I try my best to look and see when you know, what the free fight is, you know, on Friday night on ESPN and then on Saturday nights on regular Fox cable. Like I, I try to watch some of these guys and I've been able to see some of these fights for free. You know, guys like Shakur Stevenson, like he's a young American that people are excited about in the boxing community. But for the most part, it's so hard 
to track and keep up with the boxers. Whereas the MMA guys, it, it doesn't seem to be that hard. It seems like they've gone mainstream pretty fast. But I guess what I would ask on that front is boxing wasn't always this way. And so when right. it, when boxing was in its younger days, obviously a long time ago, I wonder if it was similar to the way MMA is now. In other words, like, is it only a matter of time until the MMA is forced to be or is corrupted by, you know, all the promoters and all the problems that are plaguing boxing? You know, I, I, I would like to say that history is always the greatest, you know, representation of uh, what's going to happen in the future. Right. But the, the good thing about MMA is that it is sort of uh, and when I say MMA, I, I mostly I'm talking about the UFC just because it is the true gold standard for MMA. Sure, There's some yeah, other yeah. organizations, but in, uh, the UFC is doing the most. And to me, it feels like an NFL, an NBA, an MLB. It feels like a true pro sport, whereas – you have boxing and there's first of all there's four major titles which i'm i'm not against there being four major titles in every weight class that's another issue and, yeah that's another thing yeah but but the, yeah that's the thing is there so there's four world champions that, uh, and you don't really know which belt is the most significant if any if they're equal but you, you don't really know and then these mandatory uh rematches that they always have in their contracts and then the mandatory uh opponents which prevent the true champions across those four belt uh organizations from fighting each other because they go oh well uh canelo alvarez just won the wbc world belt and instead of having to compete against somebody that you know would really get the fans going a, a super exciting fight like a billy joe saunders which luckily we did just see that he's got to go do a mandatory fight against a wbc number one contender and if he doesn't do that then they strip him of his belt so it's become a bit of a nightmare uh as far as logistics go and trying to do that and all these fighters, these boxers, um, they're promoted by these guys that uh, they're just trying to be a little bit too involved. And that's why I feel that boxing needs a, a league sort of like the UFC, sort of like the NBA. That way we'd have a little bit more clarity on who the true world champion is. And then from there, we could create rankings that are legit. You know, if you go online, you'll find five different rankings in each division and none of them are the same. And all of them have different champions, unless, of course, somebody's unified, which that's very rare. Very so rare. It, yeah, so it just calls, causes for uh, a lot of confusion, and fans don't like to be confused. They like clarity. I'm one of those people. <laughs> me too. And, and, and which, which brings me to uh, back to Fury Wilder, because um, you know that's the fight coming up right now. It is definitely going to be the biggest fight uh, in, in, of boxing this year. Uh, I'm super excited for it. Of, of course, aside from the uh, Jake Paul uh, experiments that are taking place, which are doing good numbers. And to be completely honest, uh, I'm not the biggest fan of the, uh, the skill level that's being presented. Although Jake Paul is, you know, showing us that he's improving uh, tremendously. Um, he's doing more for boxing than these promoters ever did. And he's doing more for boxing than a lot of these fighters are doing for themselves. So uh, if, if he's able to grow the sport of boxing, even if it is sort of a, sideshow circus type of event that he's putting on and he's he's knocking out people that actually don't box you know it, it might help grow the sport and even though it's an unconventional way it, it you have to you have to at least tip your hat to somebody who's you know climbed up in the loft and then he didn't pull the ladder up behind him he's letting other people climb up with him to to, to succeed with him so uh, i really do uh i tip my hat to, to jake paul on that regard 
and and then I see you know there's the 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 Tyson Furies and the De- De- uh, Deontay Wilders who are going to benefit from that sort of stuff because the most important thing about being somebody uh, in entertainment is bringing eyes to your uh, your form of entertainment. And Jake Paul right now is bringing a lot of eyes to boxing that weren't previously watching boxing. And that's a good thing because then you might have some young kids and some people that start watching boxing that never would have dreamed of watching it if their favorite YouTuber had never started. So uh, it's a very strange as, – as if 2020 and 2021 couldn't get any crazier – We've got uh, a YouTuber doing more for boxing than most of the promoters. So I, I find that pretty funny, actually. Yeah, yeah. And, and to be honest, that was probably like the 10th weirdest thing that happened in combat sports this year. Like, it's been a wild year for them. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. And uh, what, what about the X's and O's, man? Who do you have uh, winning this fight between Fury and Wilder? And, and how do you see it playing out? All right. You want to get you want to cut straight to the money. All right. Let's hear it, man. Deontay Wilder, plus 220. I can't get over the plus sign, man. I love betting plus signs. I love betting underdogs. I love money lines. Plus, he's 42-1-1. He's an American. And I don't know why everyone... Like, I get Tyson Fury being favored. I get why, like, people would pick him to win. But I can't, for the life of me, understand why he's such a fan favorite. And people don't gravitate towards... Deontay Wilder, this is an American from Tuscaloosa Central High School, battled depression, went through all of his own personal problems, has enough personality to make money and to get these kinds of fights. And I I guess I just don't get, he's 35 now, Nick. I guess I don't get why his time passed him up. I mean, was it really only because he lost the last fight to Tyson Fury? Is that why people don't seem to be gravitating towards him? Yeah, and I think the whole uh, uh, you know configuration of boxing is part partially to blame. You know, like I said, everybody protects their undefeated record at all costs. You know, if you're if everybody in your sport's undefeated, that means that it's not a highly competitive sport. And uh, you know, you don't see you can see a, a, a Super Bowl take place between two teams that are both ten and six in the in the regular season, right? Right. And nobody nobody considers those guys that win the Super Bowl with a ten and six record or you know whatever it is to be failures. But unfortunately, in boxing, you you do tend to see people say, "Oh, well, he lost that fight, so he's kind of a nobody." Deontay Wilder has done some amazing things, and he should be praised and for his boxing skills. Although he might not be the technician and have the, the ring IQ of a Tyson Fury. Almost nobody does. Deontay Wilder is still a phenomenal fighter. He has some of the craziest knockout power we've ever seen in the sport of boxing. And I, I, I can't think that uh, any less that the, the in-ring Deontay Wilder that we get, it only gains fans. But the out-of-the-ring Deontay Wilder is kind of what's getting in the way of his his X's and O's and his boxing. Because, you know, if, if you're in any sport and you and you suffer defeat, you know, at some point, especially, particularly the in excuses. an individual sport. Yeah, the excuses. And that stuff doesn't really sit well with people. And, you know, at the end of the day, fighting is a sport and sports are entertainment. And we're here to be entertained. We're going to give you our hard-earned cash. To, to watch you guys entertain us. And that leads all the way up to the, the buildup of the fight. And if you go watch the, the, the press conference that they had, which in, in, in – Oh, that been, was one-sided, wasn't it? 
Yeah, I mean, he, he had his headphones on and he had his coach speaking uh, for him on behalf of him, which was a big miss. And, you know, Dyson Fury said, well, if you want me to start answering questions as Deontay, I will do that. You know, he's kind of pulling his showman stuff out. You know, that, that sort of that sort of left a bad taste in people's mouth because people are like, OK, well, why do we want to buy your pay-per-view, Deontay, if you're not even going to give us the time of day to speak? And, and so it's so I feel as though. Deontay Wilder only gets in his own way when he's doing things outside of the ring with the allegations against his coach and some of the uh, the antics that take place outside of the ring. The 1,000-pound road. That encouraging. I haven't placed a bet yet, Nick. Um, I, I've watched your show, The Barnhill Brothers, on YouTube, so I think I know your answer. And from hearing you talk, I, I think I'm even more confident in the answer. But... How do you see this one going down on Saturday night but between Wilder and Fury? Yeah, you know, I, as much as I, I'd love to, to see an American become a, a, a great champion, which he's already done before, but this fight really does mean a lot as far as legacy goes for both of these men. And uh, body language, although we don't hear it, we it says a lot. And I, I personally feel like the, the body language and the demeanor of Deontay Wilder during this whole buildup, which if you've been watching the stuff, has been much different uh, than what we used to see out of Deontay Wilder. It, it's it's alarming. You know, I, you don't ever like to, to bet on uh, on a fighter who fires his entire team, uproots his camp, goes somewhere else, makes excuses, uh, and it doesn't take any I don't know. Training. I kind of respect it. I kind of respect yeah. it. Cleaning house. Yeah, it will tell, but but see, I and I and I understand if you need a change, that's a that's a good thing. But sometimes change can be exactly what fighters need. But he, you know, he blamed his his coach, his longtime coach, for you know drugging his water bottle. And I, for me, I just can't get behind somebody. You know, now we're talking about a criminal act that should, you know, if if true, should put his coach. In, in jail you, you should never try to right you, you would think he would have pursued that a little bit more yeah. instead of 20 months of just random allegations but that's nothing new in the boxing world is it like yeah i mean right. I, no what, what's a boxing match without a little bit of controversy yeah but if you want my honest opinion i i feel like deontay wilder is a little bit out of it as far as his mental clarity and leading up to this fight yeah and tyson fury is primed he said he's had 18 months extra to, to train for this one particular guy he's got way more tools in in, in the in the toolbox to pull out he's got way more skills and he said while Deontay Wilder might be claiming that he's got a whole new set of skills and he's a different fighter and what, as soon as I hit him once or twice he's going to resort right back to what he used to do which is generally the case if you've ever done any combat sports you know that as soon as you start getting hit in the face you start to go back to what you know best and Deontay Wilder's done it 41 times successfully, so why would he leave that right. uh, if it's if what he's doing new is not working for him? I personally think we're going to have a wild first and second round, and if uh, it, it, which means you're going to see Deontay swinging for the fences. You're also going to see uh, Tyson Fury with a heavy pressure, and he's going to be very defensive early, but he's going to be very uh, pressure forward because Deontay Wilder tends to fight his worst fights when he's having to move backwards and not able to stalk his opponent and, and kind of march him down and knock him out. So I feel that uh, Tyson Fury is going to keep him on his back foot. He's going to try to push the pace and put an exclamation point on this trilogy. I personally see this being about a, a fourth round uh, TKO stoppage. I, I don't think he's going to knock him out cold because Deontay has a chin. 
But I don't see the way Deontay Wilder gets uh, Fury out of there in any other situation. You know, I, I think that Deontay hit him with his best shots, his most powerful shots, and uh, Tyson stood back up, albeit he, he looked like The Undertaker. That, you know, people made memes of that sort of stuff, yeah. which was amazing. But uh, I, I just see, see uh, Tyson Fury coming out like a, like a crazy hurricane and uh, Deontay not being able to withstand it. All right, let me ask you this. And we got Nick Barnhill with us from the Barnhill Brothers show, uh, Combat Sports, UFC, MMA on YouTube, the Barnhill Brothers, Chris Barnhill, Stephen Barnhill, and with us, Nick Barnhill. Check out Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury, part three, at Coach's Corner in Savannah, 3016 East Victory Drive, 912-352-2933 if you want to call ahead. 3016 East Victory Drive and tell them the Hot Grits podcast sent you and they'll take care of that check a little bit for you. Uh, Nick, I want to ask you, it, do you think there's any shot this thing goes the distance either way? Uh, you Personally, I, I don't see it happening. You know, it, it ended Damn six, it. Uh, it, it, the second time around. And, you know, the, the skill difference is what's so crazy. So Tyson Fury, if he's able to get his, his storm going, and it's powerful enough early on, Deontay's not going to be able to withstand it, and he's just not going to have the answers. The ref's going to step in, or maybe the coach in Deontay's corner is going to call it. But also, we like I said, the the way Deontay has to win this fight is by knocking the uh, Tyson Fury out cold. And he, while he's definitely capable of doing that, I just think that uh, Tyson Fury has too many ways to defend, and he knows the shots that are coming. And if he's able to stay safe and away from those for the, the first four or five rounds, you're going to see a, a, a diminished Deontay Wilder who's going to be swinging for the fences, and it, it might end up setting him up to be off balance, which will set Tyson Fury up for a big shot. Uh, that's just how I see it going. I'm just like you. I love to bet on the plus, that plus sign. I can't, I can't do it, dude. I have to – I think I just made my decision. I think yeah. I'm going to do – I'm going to go Deontay Wilder, but, but – if I'm going to pick Wilder based off what you just said, it's plus 275 for Wilder winning by knockout or plus 220 for Wilder winning, period. So I might as well just take take the Wilder by knockout if I'm going to take Wilder at all. Yeah, go big or go home. And, you know, when, you, when somebody has the ungodly power that Deontay Wilder possesses, it's hard to bet against them. Anything can happen at heavyweight. One shot changes a fight. And uh, we've seen both of these guys drop the drop each other. Uh, we've seen competitive rounds between them. And uh, man, I couldn't be more excited. I'm gonna if you're going Deontay Wilder, I'm gonna go Fury. Maybe I'll go put a few bucks on it, even though it's it's kind of a uh, a wash for me because I'd have to bet a good amount of money to to make a little bit right little bit of something. But well, it does always make for for a more interesting viewing party. I, yeah, exactly. I can't. I'm thinking selfishly about, and this is why I'm awful at sports betting. You know what I mean? Like this is why I'm not successful at it at all. Same here. <laughs> is that I, I'm selfishly thinking about Saturday Saturday night, right around midnight Eastern time, when I'm sitting down to watch the fight. I don't want to have to root for Tyson Fury. Like I want to root for Deontay Wilder. So I'm desperately trying to find a way to root for Deontay Wilder and he himself's not giving me a lot of reasons. So I, I got to find something, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well that punch power, that one punch knockout power is definitely a good thing to bet yes, on. Yes. You're uh, making me feel better. 
Yeah, when you've got the numbers this spread out and, and there's there's some money to be made on Deontay Wilder knocking somebody out, it is a decent bet to make. I will say that for sure. Uh, Tyson Fury's just, I, I think he's operating on a different frequency, and, and that's why I'm going to go with him for this one. Um, but make no mistake about it, I think these two are probably the two greatest heavyweights on the planet right now, and uh, their next fights will be very, very epic. Uh, I believe they'll both winner will draw into Alexander Usyk, loser will draw into Anthony Joshua, and uh, we're gonna kind of see a four horsemen of the heavyweight division, you know, kind of like a tournament style bracket, uh, which I'm I'm all for, and uh, maybe we'll even see somebody unify those belts. Yeah, that that would really be something. Um, all right, hey yeah. Nick, thank you for helping us break down this fight. I want to uh, ask you quickly before we let you go. Um, you know, I know from just having done a little bit of background research and from knowing you from when you guys lived in Savannah, you know, I know that you have an MMA background, uh, an undefeated record folks, one and oh, uh, can you tell people like kind of how, how that's like, go, like what you're logistically doing daily with that stuff? I mean, I know you have a day job, you, you guys do your show a lot. Like, I mean, it's, it's really often and a lot of content there. So, I mean, how many hours during the day for you? What does it look like logistically for you? Well, I appreciate you shining our wheels up a little bit over here at <laughs> Barnhill Brothers Podcast. Uh, you know, the, the, you, you plugged me enough to where I hardly have to do any, any chatting on, on our behalf. But, um, yeah, we, we, try to, we try to pump out as much content on the, on the, the combat sports show as possible. Um, and then as far as my training regimen goes, it's, uh, it's morning time. I'm usually in, in grappling and jiu-jitsu. Uh, and afternoon time i'm having a, a cardio session or a, a strength and conditioning session and then uh, in the evening it's mma rounds or it's uh it's boxing rounds or you know we're working on a particular striking type of um skill set and it's pretty much six days a week uh i take sundays off to recover a little bit enjoy some time with the family and then it's back on the horse come monday um you know i'm, I'm eager to get back in, into the cage or the ring Pretty much, uh, I've got a few offers as far as um, fighting, uh, combat, uh, submission, grappling. We've got boxing opportunities. We've got MMA fights. Uh, people people tend to want to see me uh, compete, so I'm going to try to entertain the folks as much as I can. And uh, hopefully, I'll have some fight news for you very soon. But uh, if you want to, you know, follow me on my personal accounts on on social media, it's just at Nick Barnhill, N I C K B A R N H I L L. I try to stay. Uh, pretty active in, in updating everybody over there. And then if, if you like, you know, MMA talk, uh, combat sports in general, come hang out with us on the Barnhill Brothers show. I think you'd really enjoy it. We drop, uh, you know, anywhere from six to ten uh, videos or clips or episodes per week. And we're, you can find us on podcast apps all over. If you're on any of them, I'm on the iPhone, so it's just the natural podcast app. But any of the other ones, Spotify, you name it, you can find us there. So uh, I, I hope you guys come check it out. Obviously, you're here listening to Hot Grits, so you have good taste in podcasts. But, Excellent uh, taste. Really good-looking folks. Really yeah, good, exactly. smart people. Hey, if you like beards, then the Barnhill Brothers podcast might be a good thing for you because we grow them out pretty far down here in Texas. <laughs> no doubt, my man. Hey, uh, I want to ask you, do you think you could take Jake Paul? Uh, yeah, I, I do. I, if, if Jake Paul wants to, to, to do a boxing match, I will more than happily come up in weight to fight him. You know, I live about 150 pounds soaking wet, but uh, I love to eat my food. So if he ever wanted to do something, make something happen, I'd be more than happy to bump up to about 170 or so 
and uh, and get it on. You know, he hasn't fought a real boxer yet, and uh, I would love to love to be that guy. But something tells me that he's probably going to move in a different direction from that. But hey, who knows? He's doing some crazy things. Maybe he'll want to come do a jujitsu match against me sometime, or even mix it up in MMA. Uh, give the fans another uh, wrinkle into Jake Paul career and uh, the wildlife that he that he's currently living. So anytime they want to do it, I'm always down. But uh, uh, I, I'm not hyper focused on the blonde YouTuber at this moment. All right, that's right. Hey, brick by brick, <laughs> and when we're fighting Jake Paul five years from now in Madison Square Garden, Spencer and I will be in your corner. We'll be hyping yeah. it up. We'll probably poison Jake Paul's water bottle. Don't tell him I said that though. <laughs> Like Deontay's coach, no, allegedly. No, I, think hot, I think I think the hot grits guys might need to be commentating this thing. So I'll bring my corner. You you guys commentate the show, and we'll uh, we'll break all the pay per view uh, numbers that anybody's ever put up, even Floyd Man- Money and Mayweather. Done. See, we don't even <laughs> need any damn promoters. All right, that's Nick that's Barnhill, right. the Barnhill brothers. Check them out. You guys know the deal. Rate, subscribe to them anywhere you find your podcasts. Go subscribe to their YouTube channel, the Barnhill brothers. Nick Barnhill. Thanks for joining us, man. Man, thank you so much. Enjoy the fights, and we'll uh, we'll catch up afterwards. All right, Nick.